Welcome to Alaskwatch, the show all about Bigfoot in the great state of Alaska. I'm your host, Beans Baxter. So lace up your boots, zip up your coat, and come with me on an adventure as we explore all things cryptid in the last frontier. Hey guys, what's going on? Alright, so I think I've got this figured out a little bit better than I did last time. Maybe. Maybe. I don't don't know. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So, um, yeah, here we are. Um, I hope you guys got your tinfoil hats on. So, Grassman says he's got his on. Uh, Actually, I think you guys are probably going to be a little disappointed. Those of you that are here for uh for aliens aliens um so yeah let's let's uh let's get into it i don't really have anything uh a preamble or anything uh to <laughs> i'm do, i'm doing fine yeah you're doing fine i feel like i'm uh you're, you're trying to talk me i'm trying to land an airplane or something and you're like, all right you're doing fine like airplane <laughs> don't call me shirley so anyway um I wanted to talk about, oh, you know what I didn't do? I didn't silence my phone. Huh? See? I knew I'd forget something. Look at that. Um, I wanted to talk about the um, recent, I don't know what you would call it. Would you call it a flap? I guess it's a flap of uh, UFOs, uh, unidentified flying objects that's been going on. Specifically, pretty much the only one I want to focus on here is the one uh, that happened here in Alaska. And for those of you that have been following, uh, this happened on February 10th, uh, you know, five, six days ago here. And what had happened is a couple of days before that, there was a large, uh, I guess, I guess it's safe to call it a spy balloon. Uh, there was a large spy balloon that was seen in the sky over Montana, although from what I understand, the the government the government had been tracking it since it left uh, Chinese airspace, or even before that, I guess maybe even since it was launched, and they tracked it all the way across Alaska, down across Canada, and and this is from what this is what I understand. Um, someone saw it in montana maybe somebody on a plane and or somebody with a telescope or something and basically alerted the local press to it and the local press kind of picked it up and they uh they had to basically acknowledge it the government had to say hey okay well there is something flying over the sky and you know we're looking into it and eventually that led to them saying that we think it's a chinese spy balloon uh, it was a large, like 80 foot, size of a couple of buses, had um, had some apparatus hanging off of it, like satellites or solar panels or something. And then they waited till it got uh, over the, the coast of one of the Carolinas and they shot it down. And then, of course, they're like, oh, well, we've got well, to get it, dig it out of the ocean now. And I'm not even sure if they've, they've pulled it out yet or not. I know they were working on it last they said. Um, and a lot of people were angry about it. A lot of people were like, why did they let it get 
that far, why didn't they shoot it down when it was over Alaska? That, good question. I don't understand. Other people were like, hey, you know, why didn't they shoot it down when it was over the U.S.? I mean, if you look at our stance, if you look at some of our behaviors in, during war, like actual wartime, uh, I kind of I get where they're coming from. I understand. I mean, we're so gun-shy about injuring civilians. It's not even funny. Like, we'll literally sacrifice, you know, good men so that we don't injure uh, foreign civilians during war. And, you know, I know, understand we're supposed to be the good guys. I get it. But, you know, if you, if you take that into account, I can understand why they're like, man, we can't, we cannot even think about risking this falling on somebody's house or double wide or something. So I, I kind of get it, although they really should have taken, addressed it when it was uh, over the, uh, the Bering Sea or something and not, uh, not let it get as far as it did. Uh, but there's, there's some more that's, that's going to go into that, that we're going to, we're going to talk about. I've got some, uh, some slides and stuff. I want some tweets that I want to share with you guys that I've seen and just some information about it. But, um, anyway, on February 10th, a few days after this, uh, the, the balloon was shot down over, uh, the Carolina. I don't remember if it was North or South. Honestly, I'm terrible at geography and I get those two confused all the time. I think South Carolina is actually like got a lot of nice beaches and stuff. And I don't know what North Carolina has. Um, haven't spent a lot of time in that part of the country, but, um, so they saw something over the, in the Alaskan airspace over around dead horse. And if you don't know dead horse, I'm going to pop it up on a map here for you to see here in a little bit. But, uh, dead horse is at, uh, I like this is I'll show you some some inside baseball stuff for Alaskans. So this is Alaska, right? There's the Aleutian chain. This is southeast where Juneau and all that is. So that's Alaska. So Dead Horse is like up here, like at the very tippy top. And that's where uh the oil fields are. I mean that's where the slope that's where the North Slope, that's where the slope workers go to work. And uh it just so happens. I was up there uh, last was last year, year before last. Time flies, man. In fact, <laughs> I got this shirt there. It says, Off the Beaten Path, Dead Horse, Alaska. Uh, there's like one store there. In the, it's not even a town, really. I guess it's a town. I'm sure they have a post office, but there's like one store there and one gas station. I think we paid... I think we paid six, seven dollars a gallon for gas. And that was a couple of years ago, not now. I, I bet it's, I bet it's almost ten, twelve dollars a gallon up there now. Anyway, and it's ironic because that's where they get the oil out of the ground. But anyway, uh, so you know, I've been there. Uh, it doesn't make me an expert. I spent like two days there, and I. Uh, you know, that, again, it doesn't make me an expert, but I think I have a little a little bit to add. Maybe I can say, well, you know, I think, uh, you know, knowing, you know, driving up there as I did, uh, there's pretty much two ways to get up there. You drive or you fly. Driving up there as I did, and you get to see a lot of the surrounding country and see what it's like and get a feel for it. Um, you know, we're going we're gonna to talk about the 
some of the stuff that comes along with that environment up there. And um, so they shot this thing. They, they detected it. They didn't know what it was. They sent some planes up there. They shot it down. And then they're like, okay, we're going to try and recover it. Well, the ice, the, the sea around that area is frozen. And I think a lot of people were thinking like, oh, they're just going to like drive a truck out, like ice road truckers on there and get it. And uh, it's not quite that simple, but uh, let's uh, let me see if I can start my slideshow here. Look at that! Isn't that nice? This is much better than last time. Last time I was like doing screen sharing and didn't know what I was doing. And I've even got I even made a logo. Look at that! So this is uh, the statement from the governor. I don't know if you guys can see that. I might be able to make it a little bit bigger. Uh, basically, he's just saying, and this was released on February 10th. Uh, he's just saying, you know, hey, we detected an object up there uh, and some planes from uh, Elmendorf Richardson went and intercepted it. And uh, whoop, whoop, shout out. That's where I was stationed when I was in the, uh, the military. Uh, they headed up there, took care of business, got it down. And that's I mean, that's the gist of it. It doesn't really offer up any information as to what it was. And there seems to, that seems to be the big question is what was it? Was it another balloon? Was it, um, you know, was it something else? And of course, you know, as time goes by, we don't, we're not getting any information. Like we don't know They're They say, well, we're going to go try and recover it. Recovery's taken a while. And as time I think, I think as time goes on, as people get impatient, I think people start to speculate and things start like escalating from there. And um, anyway, here's the map I was telling you guys about. So dead horse up here, the tippy top of Alaska. Uh, keep in mind, I think you guys can see my cursor. All this along here in the Arctic Ocean is frozen and it's basically like an ice flow and that's the thing like it's not all it's solid it's not solid this is the ocean you know the tide still comes in the tide still goes out and it moves around and it breaks up and it's not that easy to get out there and i mean look where it's at i mean you're in dead horse here there's one road in one road out um there's some infrastructure up there there's some uh there's some you know road maintenance you know uh people that plow the roads stuff like that but for the most part it's pretty much all handled by the oil companies that that are based up there um there's not really any as far as i know there's not really any government up there i'm sure the epa probably has an office or two up there but it's not like there's an army base up there uh any equipment that they would need to get out or any air, air uh, assets they would need to get out there to get to it would have to come either from Elmendorf Richardson, which is all the way down in Anchorage, which is very far away, or from Fairbanks um, near Isleson or uh, Fort Wainwright. So, I mean, that that's a trek to get up there. And then, especially when you're dealing with anything to do, and we're going to get into this a little bit more later too, anything to do with the government, even the military, man, I mean, you're talking about, you got to get approval for this. You got to make a plan for that. You got to have a plan for this. You got to, 
you know, have personnel that can do that. You got to have personnel that can do this. You got to make a load plan for your equipment you're going to take up there. You know, you can't just throw stuff in. You know, I'm sure they probably don't have a unit on call that's going to be ready to roll out there. And they don't have a, a, a UFO pickup unit that's on call probably that's you know they're like oh we're gonna have to go to dead horse one of these days <laughs> so uh anyway that's what i'm thinking like okay it took a couple of days for them to get up there i'm sure they probably have it now we haven't really got any updates oh uh, there's uh ryan he's uh he is uh i don't forget how but he is related to uh Subarctic uh, Sasquatch, uh, Fred Roll. It's good to see you here. But uh, yeah, it, it's not like they can just run out there, grab it, and be done with it. You know, it takes days. His cousin, that's all right. Uh, it takes days to get all the stuff to put together, to get teams put together, to get the equipment they need, to get up there. And, you know, like I said, I don't think they're probably going to have a ton of assets that they can pull I, you know i don't think they're going to go over to bp and be like hey can we you know can we use your guys's bulldozer to move this to go over there and get that move this ice to go over there and get that thing that fell out of the sky again that's my all these are my opinions and thoughts based on my training and experiences uh if it's not clear by now i know absolutely jack about anything so <laughs> you're listening to my thoughts and opinions um but they are based on my experiences and I have had some experience with the military. So these guys, you know, they got to get up there. They got to get this thing. And I think what people probably aren't taking into account is this isn't just like going and finding a penny on the ground and going over and picking it up. There's protocol you have to follow. Uh, you've got to make sure, is it have a payload? Is it nuclear? Is it biological? Is it chemical? They're going to have to go out there and make sure this thing is safe to get close enough to before they can even pick it up and again i was gonna yep this was part of my i was gonna talk about this it's 30 below up there and they don't really get it i don't think they're getting any sunlight maybe three or four hours a day something like that maybe but uh yeah i mean bad weather plus it's you know the government i mean it's just it's not going to happen overnight. I know there were some people that were impatient because uh, because they were, I guess, taking so long to recover it. And I, I don't think they ever come out and said that they did recover it. I think as of right now, uh, they just said that um, recovery efforts were underway. I don't know if they ever come out and said, hey, we got it. I, I'm guessing. I'm, I'm guessing they have it. They've probably had it for a couple of days now. But uh, the thing is, I don't think um, that we're going to know necessarily what it is for a while. By the time they get around to telling us what it is, we're going to have forgotten about it. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think uh, they're going to tell us anytime soon. So, this is... Um, this is the guy, I can't, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Giorgio Sukulos. This is the guy from the meme, the aliens meme. Uh, 
And um, I thought he made a good point here because uh, the media is just going nuts with, you know, UFOs, UFOs, UFOs. And Giorgio here, and how how bad is it, guys? How bad is it when the aliens guy, with, I'm not saying it's aliens, but it's aliens, when that guy is the voice of reason. <laughs> so Giorgio says, uh, UFO doesn't mean extraterrestrial. Uh, unidentified flying objects are not necessarily unidentified extraterrestrial 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 objects man that's hard to say so and that's what we've been conditioned uh from media not necessarily media but the entertainment industry and to think that anything that's associated with ufo is alien and you know honestly i mean by definition ufo is something that's flying and it's not identified so if you're sitting across the room from somebody and they throw a pencil past your head and you see it, but you don't realize what it is. Technically, you've seen a UFO by definition, you know, by semantic, you know, if we're getting into the semantics about it. But uh, I, I just thought that was a good, it was a very good point that uh, Giorgio made there because the, the media was just going crazy and talking about UFOs and people were talking about aliens and Tic Tacs and spacecraft and I just, I feel personally, I feel that if something is able to transverse the galaxy uh, and it's going to take, you know, years and years for them to get here and their craft is, you know, or it's not going to take them years. They've developed craft that can get here quickly. Uh, if they can do that and avoid all the micrometeors and space dust particles and all that stuff that can punch through, uh, you know, spaceship holes, then they're probably not going to get, not going to get here and get shot down by a conventional aircraft. I, I just, I just don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I think whatever that thing was, was probably man-made. Um, and I think, oh, Giorgio here is, you know, he's being the voice of reason here. People are kind of getting worked up in a tizzy. Uh, I, I just, I feel a lot of people don't understand how inefficient and, uh, difficult it can be, um, to, to recover something like that, you know, up here with the no assets and, uh, the terrain and the weather and they're just, you know, well, we haven't heard anything. So it's, it's aliens. Um, and, uh, Will Grassman is talking about his, uh, Stepson has been sent to Fairbanks because of this stuff. Man, that's crazy. Yeah, if you get any inside baseball stuff, you're going to have to let me know. So this I wanted to talk about a little bit. Uh, it talks about the recovery here. They're working with National Guard units. And that's another thing. These National Guard units, they got to be activated. Uh, you know, these guys are going to work one day and they get a phone call and then they got to get their stuff together and go. And most, I'm not, I'm not saying all, but most, uh, units, I was in a QRF when I was in the military and we had basically, we had to be wills up in like, I think it was 72 hours or something. And you know, if you think about it, that's a long, that's like three days. That's a long time. 
And that's a quick reaction force that we were on. Um, you know, since I think since the global war on terror, that's kind of the definition has kind of changed to basically somebody that is uh, rapidly deployable outside uh, uh, a forward operating base or something like that. But back when back in my day, you know, when we still wore woodland camo and shined our boots, uh, our version of QRF were basically because we were communications unit if uh something went down and they needed a communications unit we were to go and support you know whoever they were deploying like rangers or infantry or special forces or whoever whoever it was that was going to be going out that needed uh communications uh assistance and like i said our spin-up time was like 72 hours so you know it doesn't it's not going to happen overnight They've got to activate those guys, get them geared up, find out what equipment they need, get them out there. And this talks about the recovery activities, uh, the sea ice, freezing temperatures, the limited daylight. I mean, you know, it's it's taken it's taken some time. But like I said, I think by now, I think six days in probably probably got it. Or at least if they don't have it they know where it is and they got eyes on it um and this is what i kind of wanted to get to this is where things kind of get weird because initially i think everybody's thinking like okay probably another balloon right well um this one is the first mention where i saw some and i don't know who this guy is i don't follow him on twitter i think he showed up because um because somebody that I follow follows him or like this tweet. So most of these people, I only follow a couple people on Twitter and most of them, I, I know who they are. And every now and then I get like, it shows tweets from other people. And sometimes I take screen grabs of those tweets. Uh, but this one said that the pilots from yesterday's events reported to objects interfered with their sensors. So this is this first place I saw this and Honestly, when I first saw that, I was like, eh, I don't know about that. That, I, something just didn't seem right about it. I thought, ah, that's probably, and there's no, there's no source cited other than it says the pilots. Pilots aren't named. Uh, there's no interview with the pilots where they say that. So I was taking that with a huge grain of salt. And I just, I was waiting for more, more. I just wanted to see more on that because I just, I didn't feel, I didn't feel like there was enough information uh, for me anyway to think, oh yeah, okay, so this object was like interfering with the, the plane sensors. Um, and then uh, we have, this is uh, Dan Crenshaw, I believe he's a representative of Texas, he is a retired Navy SEAL. And he's tweeting. He just got out of a briefing. I don't have the first tweet in this thread. But uh, he's he's basically tweeting like, hey, we just got out of a, a congressional briefing on these uh, objects. And basically he's saying, hey, we don't know what these are. Uh, they're calling them UAPs, the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon, which is pretty much synonymous, I think, with UFO. I, I feel like, you know, UAP. You know, UFO is like Bigfoot and UAP is like Sasquatch, if that makes any sense. Like UFO is kind of the more pop culture alien, you know, like, ooh, uh, 
and then sask or uap is more the more professional does that make, <laughs> make any sense like a little bit more like serious <laughs> so um in this in this tweet thread he talks about how the uaps they had um they didn't have any signals or navigation lights. They were in FAA commercial zones, uh, and which you know that's a big no-no. Um, you basically you have to file a flight plan basically anymore to fly a drone. So these things were all just floating around willy-nilly, and you know who who knows what would happen. You know, there's a lot of air traffic in and out of uh, Dead Horse with uh, the workers coming in and out. And I guess they felt they were a threat to air traffic, and that's one of the reasons why they took them out. Um, initially, now, my first thoughts when I heard about this, and I heard about this thing over Dead Horse, my first thoughts went to, well, it's, it's the oil, it's the oil fields, it's, it's the slope, it's the oil. I'm thinking they're trying to get... Uh, a peek at, at the oil fields and, and uh, at the infrastructure there. That's kind of where my mind went. I haven't seen anybody else mention that. I haven't seen anybody else really talk about that. Not saying that they haven't. It's just I haven't seen it. And I kind of think that's weird how, you know, it's one of our most important resources. And this thing's up there floating around by one of the biggest producers of that resource. And... Um, Nobody really seems to, you know, they were like, oh, this might have been a threat to uh, to commercial uh, aviation. And I'm like, what about a threat to the oil or the pipeline? So that was that was interesting to me how it just never seemed to be brought up. Maybe maybe they're maybe I shouldn't be talking about it. Maybe they're in the, the vein of like, oh, let's not give them any ideas. <laughs> I don't know. But uh Anyway, yeah, I, we're just now seeing them height. Oh, I'm going to talk about this here in a second, the heightened surveillance. Um, so they're telling us that now all of a sudden they're just seeing these things, uh, because they tweaked the, the radar now, I think here, this next slide, I think talks about it a little bit more. Yeah, so uh, this gentleman, he says, in light of the People's Republic of China balloon that we took down last Saturday, we've been more closely scrutinizing our space at these altitudes, including enhancing our radio, radar, which may at least partly explain the increase in objects we detected over the past week. So just think about that just for a second. Basically, this guy is saying, oh, we didn't have the balloon mode turned on on our radar <laughs> we didn't know our radar had to be uh, had to be set to, to pick up balloons and uh whoops uh, and that just floored me and again remember how i was talking about how you know the people put the military up on a pedestal and think that it's um you know just this great well-oiled machine and then somebody says something like this and, you know, I'm kind of like, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. And other people are like, what are you talking about? We don't have a balloon setting on the radar. <laughs> um, and as far as like theories, man, I, I've seen 
a few theories floated around, but I haven't really seen any that kind of like. One of the things I thought of, because uh, we had the big one that they shot down, and then they shot another one down here in Alaska, and then they shot another one down in the Yukon, I believe, and another one over like Lake Huron or something, all within like five, six days, something like that, maybe not even that long. And the first thing I thought was like, are they getting to, are they like trying to find out what we're going to do? Like, are they going to get us used to like, oh, well, there's another one. We got to shoot it down. There's another one. We got to shoot it down. And then they're going to put something in one that, you know, they're going to put something in there and then it's going to float. And we're going to, oh, we got to shoot another balloon down. And then we end up like blowing up half, half a state or releasing something uh, into the air. And that's kind of what I was wondering. Like, are they conditioning us to like, you know, we're so used to like swatting these things down that they're going to, they're going to put something in one that, that maybe we don't want to unleash. Again, back to my earlier remarks about like, you can't just run out there on the ice and pick this thing up. You've got to make sure it's not radio radioactive. You got to make sure it's not chemical or biological, you know, they've got stuff going on. And, uh, you know, Fred or Ryan, I'm sorry, uh, just mentioned uh, the Ohio and Michigan trains. And a lot of people are saying that this story, the UFO story was being basically uh, trumped up. Well, not trumped up, but just they really focused on it, like really focused on to, to cover up the, the train uh, derailment in Ohio. And, um, you know, this, this isn't a show about that. I'm not going to go off on a tangent about it, but if any of you guys are watching or listening and you haven't heard about this train derailment in Ohio, I believe the name of the town is East Palestine. Uh, you should, you should really look into it. You should, you, you should educate yourself on that because there's some shady stuff going on with that. Uh, basically it, this, uh, train got derailed in Ohio carrying some really bad stuff. And I guess like in true, you know, I remember the people I was at in Oregon that they blew up the whale. Uh, I guess they were like, we don't want this stuff getting into the, the soil or something. So they blew up the train car and there's just like this huge toxic cloud floating around down there and uh, almost zero media attention almost none and meanwhile these uh U ufos and uaps uh were in the news cycle almost constantly during that time so again i i don't know i don't know if um if it was like let's focus on this to detract from that because i mean all they have to do is just not cover it so i don't know if it's like a bait and switch i, I don't feel that way i feel like i almost feel like they think hey this is more entertaining like you know what do you what do people you know people want to know about ufos and they want to like speculate and and stuff like that so i think maybe they just kind of took this ufo thing and kind of went with it and started talking about aliens and stuff and people got enamored with it um there's been several other train derailments too, and people are kind of getting like, I wonder what's going on. I think there's something kind of fishy going on. Um, honestly, I don't, and I'll tell you why. Because there's a lot of train derailments. <laughs> like you guys, it's, it's in the news now because of the bad one in Ohio. Uh, but there are a lot of train derailments, guys, like a lot. 
Um, and I never thought, I thought, you know, I thought, oh, you know, maybe there's a couple of trains that go get all derailed, you know, every year, maybe, maybe five or six, something like that. And then, uh, my wife and I, we started watching these dash cam videos and she, she loves them. She loves watching accidents, stuff like that. And I'm telling you guys, like for reals, like there in every probably fifth video, there's a video of a train hitting a vehicle and, and getting derailed or, you know, some kind of train accident. I thought people getting like stuck on tracks was like super rare. I thought, I don't know. I don't know. I guess it's on me because I thought people were smarter than this, but I thought it was like a super rare occurrence, like almost never happened. No happens all the freaking time. <laughs> Trains get hit cars and 18 wheelers too, especially. I don't know what it is about 18 wheelers. They seem to get stalled out on the tracks all the time. Trains hit cars all the freaking time. Um, you know, I, I, I just think it's kind of the big thing now. Like, oh my God, this train got derailed in this train. And a couple of them did get derailed that were carrying uh, hazardous materials. And I can see why that would absolutely, it would be a great, it's what they call soft target uh, in, in military jargon. It's a soft target. You know, these uh, railroad tracks, they're in remote areas. They're not really policed or, or guarded at all. And it's a super soft target. So it would absolutely be a great target if you were trying to uh, uh, injure our infrastructure for, for the nation. So, yeah, it is not rare. <laughs> you start, start watching uh, dash cam video. Frank just uh, made a comment. I, I thought it was super rare, too. Now, start watching these uh, dash cam videos. I guarantee you'll start seeing all kinds of train accidents. It just blew, it blew my mind. And in fact, we were, my wife and I were talking about it before this mess happened, before all these trains started derailing. Cause I was, I was like, man, I had no idea, no idea. So many trains hit cars. Apparently it is a pretty common occurrence. Um, again, this is, um, uh, one of the military spokesmen here, uh, Van Herk. I don't remember what his rank was. Uh, and this is, this was interesting uh, this gentleman, I, like I said, I can't remember his rank, Van Herc. I don't know if it's in this article. This is something that kind of, when I heard it or when I read it, my jaw kind of hit the floor. So check this out, guys. This guy says, uh, when asked, when asked if he's ruled out aliens, Van Herc said, I haven't ruled out anything at this point. Um, honestly, guys, when I saw that, my jaw hit the floor, not because I'm like, oh my God, they're aliens because this dude is in the military. And he said that he, he said, they asked him about aliens and he didn't say, you know, no comment or this isn't the X-Files or come on, be serious or, you know, beam me up, Scotty, you know, something like that. Because a lot of the times uh, the government, especially military, like they don't address it. They don't talk about it. Not a thing. And, um, I believe a couple of people on Twitter, 
co- commented on this on the, on this uh, quote and basically said, you know, if this was if this was four five years ago, that guy would have ended his career probably with that quote. And I agreed. I was I can't believe he said that. I haven't ruled any, out anything at this point when asked about aliens. And uh, I mean, honestly, you know, if you think about it, I, I feel the same way about Bigfoot. Like I'm not not a woo guy, not into to aliens or anything. Well, I enjoy the UFO topic, but I'm not a UFO guy. Uh, but you know, there's people out there that think you know Bigfoot came from UFO or he's a, some kind of alien experiment or something. And I don't, I don't think that's the case. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know what Bigfoot is, so maybe. You know, haven't ruled it out, <laughs> you know, but, um, but yeah, I can't, I can't believe that, uh, that that guy said that. And I can't remember, he's, I can't remember what branch he's in. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe he's in, uh, the Air Force and they have a little bit more leeway with that. Yeah. You think we would hear something from the Space Force? I don't even know if the Space Force is still like a thing. Like, I know they were uh, formed under the Trump administration, so that might be something that maybe the current administration has, um, has decided that, that we, don't, we don't really need, or they've been, they've been defunded along with the police or something. I, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, you think this would, I mean, you think this would be in Space Forces, like, they're, that, that's their thing. That's their pocket. That's their uh, forte, their specialty. You think that's where they would be? And I haven't seen anything um, from anybody that was affiliated with the Space Force. You know, you think they would have them uh, doing interviews on CNN or something. Uh, or NASA. I don't know about NASA. I don't know if this would fall under NASA's uh, wheelhouse. But yeah, yeah, that's a asked by a reporter whether he's ruled out aliens. Van Herc said, I haven't ruled out anything at this point. That blew my mind. I can't, I, that's, that's the thing where Will's quote about living in a movie. That's, that's, uh, that's something you would hear in a movie. They ask if you if you ruled out aliens. Ugh, I haven't ruled anything out. That's um, these are interesting times we're living in, my guys. Um, here we have Giorgio again. He says um, it's always a balloon until it isn't. One thing is crystal clear about yesterday's fascinating developments: legacy anchors are clueless in how to address and discuss what is being observed up in the sky in a meaningful manner beneficial to their viewers start reading books please okay this <laughs> this a hundred times this oh sorry um just like with the military people whenever it comes to ufos or aliens or bigfoot or anything not of the, the norm it seems like that the the mainstream media just like they you know, they might, if they do, if they do a story about it, uh, they kind of do it kind of tongue in cheek. You know, they like play the X-Files music in the background. They make little, little, little jokes about tinfoil hats and little green men and, uh, probes and stuff like that. And you can tell like 
if you watch some of the news coverage about this stuff, especially when it started getting kind of weird and they were talking about aliens and, and actual UFOs in that context, you can tell some of these, some of these uh, newscasters are just like, they really want me to read this on air. <laughs> it's, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Um, yeah. Uh, what's Ryan? Ryan said something here. If you want to know what happened to me and my cousin Lucas nine or eight years ago, ask Fred. About the sound. Oh, if that, I think, I think he told me about that. If that's the one where they were going to, uh, going to mine or something. I, anyway, yeah, I think I'll get with you and uh, we'll talk about that. I'm going to have to have Fred on one of these days and, and talk about his encounter. In fact, I just texted with him today. Uh, let's see. So this next, this next one is, is kind of interesting. And, um, I promise I'm, I'm, this isn't death by PowerPoint. I'm going to be done here in a minute with these slides. So this next one, I just saw this today and I thought I'd throw this in here cause it's kind of interesting. <clears throat> so this lady, I don't know this lady. I'm not super familiar with her. Her name's Emerald Robinson. And she tweeted, uh, top breaking top defense expert tells me that UFO shot down over Alaska by American F-22 was a Chinese exotic vehicle that is hypersonic and may have anti-gravity technology. These vehicles can travel at Mach 5. And I believe she went on to say, Second Chinese exotic vehicle, drone, was shot down over Lake Huron. Pentagon, Pentagon is very tight-lipped about retrieval of this vehicle. A source tells me China might be testing American military response to sudden incursion into our space. These two drones were not balloons. So I saw that and I thought, well, that's interesting because I haven't seen anybody else uh, say anything like that. And I... Um, I sent that tweet to a friend and she basically sends me back this like article on this Emerald Robinson lady. And, uh, she seems a little, she's, she, she's, uh, tweeted some, I don't want to say crazy, but some pretty far out there stuff. She's tweeted some stuff out there that I'm like, uh, I don't know about this. Uh, and I don't want to get too far into it because if I do, if I say certain words, I'm afraid that I'm going to get banned from YouTube or my video is going to get taken down. And that should tell you something right now about the times we're living in where I'm afraid to say something, you know, and not even bad words. I'm afraid to say regular normal words on this broadcast because I'm afraid I'm going to get taken down. But anyway, she, uh, had some pretty, uh, we'll just call them, uh, eccentric stories that she wrote about and, I think she might have even gotten taken off Twitter. I think maybe Elon might have put her back on. I didn't get too deep in the woods on it. Uh, but basically, the friend I sent the tweets to was kind of poo-pooing what she was saying because of some of the stuff that she's wrote about in the past. And honestly, when I heard about that, I was like, yeah, okay, you know, maybe this lady's a little, you know, maybe, maybe she's uh, kind of like... Um, pretty eccentric here and and she's just uh 
talking crazy stuff, right? I mean, exotic vehicles, uh, you know, what is hypersonic anti-gravity technology? I mean, that it doesn't sound insane, but it doesn't necessarily sound grounded and, and down to earth, does it? So I read that and I was like, huh, <laughs> you know, okay, whatever, lady. But check this out. There's a video, and I don't have, I'm, if I, I will put a link to this video in the uh, description on the podcast. Uh, so if you listen to this on Spotify or something, you'll be able to, to link right to it. Otherwise, I'm going to tell you the name of the video so you can find it. Uh, and this is a video that was posted by CNN. So, I mean, CNN, I mean, I know I... Regardless of what you think about them, it's still, it's a mainstream network. Okay, this video was put up by CNN um, four days ago, and this is uh, the name of the video is "Hear What Pilots Said About Mysterious Object Shot Down Near Alaska." And I was going to talk about this video anyway during the show because uh, in the CNN video they talk about the instrument uh, disruption and how this thing seemed to to mess with their communications and i thought that was pretty interesting because that was the first like real um mainstream reference to that that i'd seen uh like i said i I, the first time i saw it i was like ah it doesn't cite any sources uh they don't name the pilots uh excuse me uh i was kind of like i don't know about that it doesn't it doesn't feel organic it doesn't feel true so here's cnn posting a video stating the very same thing that the pilots were saying that uh, it was interfering with their instruments. Uh, but that's that's not what got me, like, that's not what hit made my jaw hit the floor. So check this out, right? Miss Emerald Robinson here says that these are exotic vehicles that are Chinese and they can travel at Mach 5. So at the end of the CNN video, right, toward the end, they bring in uh, this guy who's a former CIA, and I cannot remember his name. If you watch the video, it's like like a six-minute long video, um, and the last, like, three minutes or something are this ex-CIA guy coming on, and uh, they're questioning him about it. And he's talking about, like, yeah, you know, it could be uh, Chinese balloons. It could be, you know, espionage spies. It could be the military... And it might even be because um, we we were getting ready to meet with China. Uh, the U.S. was like about the time this whole spy balloon thing took off, and he was kind of commenting on how like well you know the 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 section of China that runs the the economic portion that wants to be friends that wants trade and everything with the U.S. isn't necessarily the same as the military. And it could be the military kind of doing their own thing. You know, the military might be like, you know, we're going to, we're going to crush America. And then the other side of the government's kind of like, oh no, we want America's money. So we're going to be friends with them. So it might, you know, one hand might not know what the other hand's doing and that kind of thing. And he's going on and he's talking about that a little bit. And this is, here it comes. I'm getting, I do have a point. I'm getting to it. So at the end of the, at the end of the story, like right before they cut, they kind of ask him like, oh, have you ever, uh, you know, experienced anything like this before? You ever seen any, any spy balloons or whatever before? And he says, you know, 
We saw a lot of weird stuff uh, back in my days in the agency. He says, one time we saw this unknown object on radar and it was traveling at Mach 6 and we never could figure out what it was. So we just had to shelve it and just kind of walk away from it. And I just thought that was like, wow, that's a weird idiosyncrasy there. Look, this lady's talking about this exotic craft that can travel at Mach 5 and then this ex-CIA guy is talking about these mysterious uh, blips they had that could travel at Mach 6. I don't know. Is it connected? You know, Will said everything's connected while ago. So kind of blew my mind a little bit. I'm like, is this lady, is she actually onto something? I mean, it's suspect. She doesn't name her source. Um, you know, a story's usually only as good as its source. But uh, still, that's just a really, really strange uh, idiosyncrasy. Yeah, and Will says, what if there are ours? So here's, here's something that another th kind of uh, theory that I haven't really seen thrown out there that um, <laughs> and, and they'll never admit to it if this is it um, they'll they'll never say it's this is what it was but I was in my mind I'm thinking what if what if this is all like some like eccentric like Doc Brown from Back to the Future type scientist like doing his own like backyard weather research or something and these are just like some of his balloons obviously i don't think that the one that uh we shot the first one we shot down was i think china actually owned up to that one and said that was theirs <clears throat> but i'm talking about these other objects here you know what what if it's just uh you know old crazy doc brown you know trying to to uh do his own weather experiments uh or just uh you know somebody else i guess there's um people that that do this kind of stuff for, for a hobby. Uh, literally right before I sat down to, to go live, uh, I saw an article pop up that said, uh, basically a hobby group was claiming that the one that was shot down over to the Yukon might have been one of their balloons. Cause I guess these people, they launched these like weather type balloons and, um, they put trackers on them like monitors and then they track their progress. And I don't, I don't know if there's any like scientific um, value to that or if they just do it for fun. I, I, I don't know, but uh, that was, uh, that was kind of interesting. Uh, um, Ryan wants to know if we're going to be live streaming at the Boreal Bigfoot Expo June 10th and 11th in Fairbanks, by the way, I forgot on my last episode to talk about the Boreal Bigfoot Expo. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be live streaming, but we are going to do something. We're going to do a live podcast. Uh, I don't know what uh, our our resources are going to be as far as uh, internet. If we have internet, then yeah, definitely we'll live stream. If we don't have internet, then uh, we'll just record a podcast and, and I'll post it later. But we'll record it live at the Expo. So there's definitely going to be something. There's definitely going to be something that uh, people can come in and sit down. And I'll sit down with somebody and, and we'll talk at the expo. Uh, one, some of the guests, if not uh, more. 
um, who's, let's see, uh, distraction for what's happening in Ukraine and chemical spills. Uh, yeah, we talked about that a little bit. I think probably, I mean, I definitely think they're, they're covering up the, the chemical spill in East Palestine. I mean, just the lack of mainstream media coverage is, is, is appalling in my opinion. I mean, this is probably, that is probably the worst ecological disaster in the last 20 years or more. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, I don't know. There's a quote that I really enjoy. Uh, you know, I'm not super into conspiracies, although my, uh, my opinion seems to be waxing and waning nowadays. Uh, but I'm not uh, really into conspiracies, and, and there's a great quote out there that says, and I'm not I'm gonna not get it verbatim, but it's basically don't don't attribute to um, don't attribute to malice that which can be explained with stupidity. Um, and I think that a lot of things that people people point to and be like, oh, they're doing that for, because they're mean or evil or because of this, and it's probably just because they're not very smart or they didn't take the consequences into, into account. But, uh, yeah, there's, it's like talk with my hands. This is, that's not good radio. I'm talking with my hands. Uh, yeah, there it's so many, so many rabbit holes. And honestly, like I said before, guys, I don't think, I don't think we're going to get the answers anytime soon. By the time they give us any answers, if they decide to, we're going to forget this even happened. Probably. Uh, there was, I guess a, um, a press conference today at the White House about it. The president spoke about it. And the only thing, because I, I was getting ready to do this, and I'm like, oh, no, they're like they're like releasing uh, information, you know, and I'm getting ready to go on the air, and they're going to, like, they're going to talk about what these things were. So I'm, like, trying to read up on it. Basically, the only thing that they um, they released today, or they said today that was of any I guess interest was uh, they don't think that the uh, so the the one they shot down over the Carolinas that was a, that was a Chinese spy balloon I, th- I think they pretty much confirmed that but they said they don't think the other three were connected so they're saying they they don't think that the um, the one in Alaska or Yukon or Port Huron or was it Lake Huron was um, they don't think they were Chinese spy balloons, so they think they were something else. And I even saw an article going around today uh, saying that they thought they were, um, maybe some of them were like used car balloon, uh, used car uh, dealership balloons. You know, they have those like crazy, like uh, there used to be one here in, I think it was Anchorage, it was like a giant gorilla or something that they had uh, up on the, the building. And uh, there's an interesting, or was it, was it a car dealership or was it the mattress ranch? I think it was a mattress ranch. And he had this like giant gorilla King Kong inflatable thing up on the building. And I think one, this is, yeah, I'm getting sidetracked, but I'm going to tell you guys this story. Uh, and some, some kids were trying to steal it one night. Like they got up there and were like trying to cut it loose. And the owner of the establishment shows up and like shoots one of shoots one of the kids, kills the kid, like kills him dead. And um, I don't think he got any jail time over it, or very little. But uh, 
yeah, that's that's some uh, some Anchorage lore for you guys. Uh, Ryan wants to know how old I am. I am 45. So, coincidentally, that's my favorite caliber of gun. And if you guys didn't know, February 14th was the anniversary of uh, William Moses Browning getting the 1911 patent, which is my favorite handgun. So, oh, I better be careful. I don't even know if I can talk about pew pews on here i might get deleted or canceled but uh yeah those are kind of my thoughts on it i mean i don't know i don't know what it was guys um i i like the exotic vehicle theory and i like that little idiosyncrasy with the cia guy that kind of like oh they were going about the same speed that's kind of weird i like that uh, but then again, I think if this was an exotic vehicle that can travel that fast, you know, how did it get shot down by, by a conventional fighter plane? Uh, but you know what they say, even a, even a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. So maybe that was some kind of weird exotic vehicle up there snooping around the oil fields, which if you think about it, the one shot down over the Yukon, I mean, what's over the Yukon? I've, I've drove through it. I don't think there's much there. Um, Port Huron, or the Lake Huron, I don't know anything about that. I don't know if there's anything of, of um, tactical value that would be gained from that area. Uh, but definitely the, the Dead Horse, the North Slope area, that area is definitely of interest uh, to people that may not want to be friendly to us, uh, especially... You know, if they want to perform some kind of uh, attack or um, sabotage or something like that. And uh, honestly, you know, I've been up there and I don't think, I mean, there's like one police officer there, maybe two, I think. Uh, and they rotate. It's like two. they do two weeks on, two weeks off or something. Um, and they have their private like security guards up there that like watch the gates and stuff. But uh as far as like anything more hardcore than that, I don't know that they have. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Um, you might be able to, you might go up there and like drive a couple of feet too close to the pipeline and the men in black will swarm you. I don't know. But as far as I know, uh, <clears throat> the security up there is a little, a little sparse. Hopefully I'm not giving away like secrets of state or anything. All right, guys. Well, I've almost hit that hour mark. I think I'm going to call it a show. Uh, I really appreciate everybody that tuned in. We are going to be having the Boreal Bigfoot Expo June 10th and 11th at Fairbanks. Uh, if you go to BorealBigfootExpo.com, tickets are on sale now. Uh, we're going to have some great um, speakers, uh, Jeff Meldrum, uh, Rob Roy, I think Rob Roy is going to be making his Bigfoot conference debut. Uh, he's going to talk for us. He's going to be there with his art. Um, Red Grossinger is going to be there from Canada. Um, Jonathan, and I don't know if we've announced. Well, yeah, we have. It's on the it's on the poster. Uh, Jonathan uh, Redbird Dover is going to be there. If you've seen the Unsolved Mysteries episode about the Navajo Rangers, he's going to be there. Um, Fred Roll's going to be there from Subarctic Sasquatch. 
the YouTube channel. Uh, he's going to have some some cool encounters for us. He's going to talk for us. Uh, I'm going to be there. I'm going to talk about probably Port Chatham and a couple other things. And um, yeah, we're going to have a good time. There's going to be some more speakers, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll talk about those later. We're going to be doing a show here on Alaskwatch all about the Boreal Bigfoot Expo. Uh, we're going to do it a little bit closer to uh, time for the expo, but the tickets are on sale now if you want them. If you're going to be in the Fairbanks area on June 10th and 11th, you can uh, go and buy your tickets now. Um, you know, you never know. They could uh, sell out. We're going to really hit the advertising this year and um, get some uh, newspaper ads taken out. And I think there's already radio spots uh, playing up around the Fairbanks area. So, you know, you might want to buy your tickets now before they sell out. Uh, other than the Boreal Bigfoot Expo, uh, you can head by my website, alaskwatchpodcast.com. Uh, you can buy yourself an awesome Alaskwatch hat like this one that I'm wearing now. Uh, you can buy an Alaskwatch t-shirt. You can buy autographed copies of my books, and I will ship them to you from uh, this room right here in Alaska. And uh, I'll sign them and personalize them for you if you want. And uh, that's it, guys. I think I'm going to get off here. Thanks so much to everybody that listened if you enjoyed what i said uh you know please like subscribe share and remember last time if you were watching last time i was like man i need some kind of like i need some kind of sign off i need a, a catchphrase or something and i think i got one i'm gonna try it on you guys i'm gonna try it and you guys tell me you tell me afterwards what you think but uh check this out <clears throat> thanks for listening to the first cryptid podcast and the last frontier what do you think about that, huh? All right, guys. Good night.